this on? All right, this is on. We're going to pray over this at the end. But why don't you stand up with me? What we're about to receive is the word that is alive. It has the ability to change our thoughts, our heart, our motives, our intention. And what we're about to receive is the word that literally can change us from one degree of glory to the next. Amen. I don't know about you, but that's pretty important. Because <laughs> Paul said this. He said, may peace and grace be multiplied to you. I don't know about you, but if I can multiply in something, it would be that. <laughs> Amen. So my prayer tonight is this, that we begin to multiply, to walk in God's favor, walk in the abundance of everything that he has supplied for us. And the word is so dynamic. It's so alive. I like how, um, oh, I'm, I'm missing the name now. Uh, Muhammad Farimi, oh, help me, Ash. Faridi, thank you. My wife is such a great help. Um, and I love what he said that when he got saved, he says, this thing talks to you. This thing talks back to us, amen, because it's alive, amen. So we're gonna just pray over that. Father, we thank you for the anointing. We thank you for doors of utterance being open in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now, Holy Ghost, that you come and begin to bring application, bring an impartation, bring revelation of what we're about to receive. That we won't just be like what James says, that we'll just be hearers of it and walk away, forgetting what kind of man or woman we shall be. But Father, that we would be made in the perfect image of you, walking in the full design at everything you've created us to walk in. God, I pray right now that we begin to lean in, we begin to press in, we begin to ask, with that faith. We receive the word right now by faith. We don't just receive it by something that we do tonight, just an obligation. We don't just uh, receive this word by just saying, you know, this is just what I do on Sunday. No, this is something that is actually going to transform us as we walk off this campus and begin to walk into stores, walk into our jobs, begin to mend places in our relationships like our marriages with our children with those that are a little maybe concerned about what's going on in the world, but we would literally be an expression of your love. So God, I thank you for your word. It comes alive and we worship you. We praise you. We magnify you in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. You can be seated. Um, my name is Shane, and I, I get the awesome privilege to work with Pastor Zane and the, the maintenance team. Give it up for the maintenance team. Holy moly, these guys. Man, I'm telling you, I never knew that you could really operate in an anointing when it comes to something like maintenance. But then I became part of the maintenance team and get to help out with Todd and, and, and John P. And, and uh, we have people who help out that volunteer their time. We're so thankful for you. But um, I got to tell you, man, I'm telling you, it is an honor and privilege to get to do what we do here to make the grounds look good. So you know what? When people pull up on the property, they see excellence. They see a reflection of God's goodness. Amen. And so that's just um, one of the things that uh, I get to do, but um, really blessed that my wife and I get to pastor up in Meeker and uh, God is doing amazing things. Uh, I just believe that God is adding to that church. And, and so if there's anything I could ask you to do is to pray for us, pray for us up there and uh, you know, we've had many people tell us that, uh, man, that's a hard place. But come on, don't you just know that God likes taking the impossible? Come on, I don't know why I'm looking at Mr. Rebold over here. But God likes to do the impossible, amen? Because he is possible, amen? 
And so that's just part of what we get to do. Part of what we're going to begin to uh, get into tonight is, um, it might sound like a broken record. I was listening to Pastor Jonathan's message and I looked at my wife. I said, he has about said everything that I feel like I have put on paper. So if it sounds redundant, thank the Holy Ghost. He needs to impart something for your remembrance. Amen. And so we're going to talk about the love of God, but we're going to look at it from a different angle. Say this with me. Say, you got to fight for your right to not party. (laughs) You got to fight for your right to love because love is intentional. That was one of the things that I feel like that Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan was, was sharing was it's intentional. It's not accidental. It's not something that, uh, man, am I hot tonight? I feel like it's, I'm a little loud. Am I a little loud? All right. Okay. Um, I don't want to feel like I'm yelling at you. Um, so uh, I might get a little excited. So if I, if, if I do get a little, just tell me to tone it down, Ashley. Um, but uh, you really do have to fight for this type of love. It's not something coincidental. You just don't accidentally just fall into an agape kind of love. It's something that actually was chosen for you before the foundations of the earth is what Ephesians says. Ephesians says this love, that he loved us before the foundation of the earth. I don't know about you, but that kind of love is organizationally. It's a love that is organized. God's love is so organized, so detailed that he thought about Jenna, thought about Terry, thought about Mr. John over here, right? Thought about me, thought about every one of us in this room. He thought before the foundations of the earth, he says, now how's Peter gonna work into this? How is Eileen gonna work into this, amen? That's the type of love that I'm talking about. It's intentional. I like what, the, uh, what it says in 2 Timothy. If you brought your word, why don't you open it up? If not, we'll have some things on the screen for you. But 2 Timothy 4 says this right here, verse seven. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there laid up for me is a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at the day. And not only to me only, but unto you also loving his appearance. You know, when you're operating in this type of love, you're not afraid of the second coming. You're not afraid of the rapture of God. You're not afraid of what is to come. Amen. You might be thinking, well, I'm just a little fretful with the things that I'm seeing, Shane, on the news. Well, can I just tell you, come on, perfect love cast out all what? Fear. In God's love, there is no fear. Because why? Fear has to deal with torture. Fear has to deal with torment. Fear has to deal with the what ifs. I don't know if you've ever played the what if game, but my wife has said to me, don't play that game. It, you never win. <laughs> you ever done that before? You play the what if game? You never win in the what if game because the scenario is just unquestioned. You can't get the answer to it, right? You're left with your own thoughts. And uh, I like what Terry Lewis says. I'm going to quote you right here. You ready for this? She told me this in Bible school and it's always ministered to me. You can't fight a, a thought with a thought. You just can't. You can't fight a thought with a thought. You fight a thought with the word of God. And so when something begins to oppose what God's word says or what you know the promise of God is, all of a sudden you can't just say, well, I just need to think of something else. Because when you begin to do that, sure enough, you'll have another thought that's just gonna be negative. Something that's gonna be contrary to God's promises. And it comes with the word of God. And so right here we see, I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. You know, when I'm talking about this kind of stance of God's love, it's, it's very intense. 
It's very intense, but it's, it's not to the place where you're thinking like a fight, like a fighter. You ever seen some of those fighters? They're macho, they're big, but on this other side, this love isn't frou-frou. <laughs> this love is very powerful. You, he, came, he came as a lamb. He's coming back as the line of Judah, guys. Come on, what is that? That is a warrior. That is a fight, amen? That is a fight, and this kind of love, you see, on one side, if you get so aggressive that it's in the flesh, this kind of, if you take a look at it from this stance, you might say, well, man, that just sounds really aggressive. Well, if you're in that stance, guess what? You don't have any control, and if you don't have control, then you're operating not in the Holy Ghost. But if you get over here, and you're so docile, and you're so frou-frou love, and you're like, oh, just, you know, Pepe Le Pew, I love you. You know, you're so Pepe Le Pew kind of love. You're so Pepe Le Pew kind of love. All of a sudden, you're going to be just a doormat. You're going to be just walked over, and all of a sudden, you won't have a boldness to speak why you believe what you believe. Amen? And so this kind of love, it is so intentional. It is so radical. It is so powerful. It is so great. I believe this is the love. I, I forget who the writer was, but a great songwriter wrote that it wasn't the nails on the cross that held him up. It was love. Come on. As messy as that looked, he was unrecognizable. You want to know why we're seeing such an identity crisis? Jesus paid for it right there. He was unrecognizable. They didn't know who he was. They didn't know, is that a man? Is that, what is that? What, what, what is that? He's, he was unrecognizable. He paid for that identification problem <laughs> so they wouldn't have to wrestle with it. Come on. That is, that is a powerful love, guys. That is the kind of love... Now look, each and every one of us, if we were to testify about what God has done, it all is based off this one thing, the love of God. Come on, someone led you to Christ, someone began to express this love, someone began to say, you need to know this, God loves you, God loves you. And that can kind of sound cliche-ish, but everything is literally based off of that. We wouldn't be in this room you would not be in this room right now had love come and entered into your heart. Had love been expressed by the Holy Spirit and whoosh, was shown to you. Amen? Amen? And so I like this right here. Galatians 5. Go with me over to Galatians 5. It says right here in Galatians 5. Galatians 5, 6 says this right here. I like the Amplified Classic Version, and I'll read it in the New Living Translation, but uh, the New Living Translation says it like this. It says, For when we place our faith in Christ, there is no benefit in being circumcised or unbeing circumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Come on. So you can't have a good fight. And, to, and you can't definitely operate in faith unless it's expressed through what? Love. The Amplified uh, Classic Version says this right here. It says, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Man, that's powerful. Let me say that again. But only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Now look, you can have faith. First Corinthians talks about that. We're about to get in there. First Corinthians talks about this, that if you could have your body burned as a martyr, but yet not have love, it profits nothing. 
what's the point? If love is not the expression, if love is not the motive, if love is not the whole reason behind it, come on, we can go on mission trips. right? We can go to Cambodia. We can go over to Austria. We can go to all these places. We can go and, and, and adopt about 10 kids. I got a friend of mine who's a pastor down in Orlando. He's adopted 10 kids. He, he, he could do that and stand before Jesus. And, I, and I'm not saying my brother Steve is doing this, but my friend Steve, he could stand before the Lord. And he could say, yeah, that was all a pleasure. Uh, all for your, your impression, for, for people to look at you and say, man, look how, what a great father he is. But if it's not done in love, what's the point? Come on. Uh, uh, you know, Jessica was singing it. This is what we've been designed to do. This is what, this, what we do on this platform. Must, it must be converted outside of these walls. It's got to, because if not, this is just religion. It's literally just religion. Amen. And so God is so big. He is so great. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. I like this. This is the type of love that I believe God calls us to. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7. Love never gives up. Love never gives up. Never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Come on, that's a, that's a, that's a, can I see your hand real fast, Mr. John? That's a, I'm not letting go. That's a, I'm pulling you, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> that's a, that's a, I'm getting a grip. I'm not letting, that is a tenacity. That is a, an intentionality. That's a, uh, but, but watch this. Go ahead and just, you're not feeling it, are you? There's no grip. Now, because I have some lotion on my hands. That is lotion by the way. <laughs> he's, he's like, what in the world is on your head? Is that how your head is so shiny? <laughs> Jerry, just a little tip. If you put a little Vaseline, whew, it shines it up just a little bit. It's cheap. I'm just telling you. I don't know if you know that, but I know you're about to get married. I'm just, all right. Um, I love you. Sorry, uh, hopefully that did not offend you. If it did, I'm really sorry. I'm talking about the love of God and I'm digging myself deeper. I'm sorry, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> um, God's love never gives up. Come on, I believe as Christ had the cross and he began to work his way towards Calvary and right there at the cross, I believe that kind of love began to embrace. It began to actually look forward because the glory that was going to be revealed, the relationship, come on guys, the, 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 uh, the, the adoption that was about to take place, the deed of the title that was about to be written in blood as water in blood flowed out from his side, I believe that's the type of love that doesn't give up. Listen, go with me over to John 17. John 17. Now look, when you're ending your last days, those are the moments and those are the words. If you've ever been by the bedside of a loved one, you hold on to those last words. There's some very important things that are said when you know this is the last breath you have, right? When, the, when, when you are operating in such critical time that you know that this is important what I'm about to say. And Jesus prays something very important. And listen to what he says. This is one of the last prayers that are recorded in John 17, verse 20. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but I'm also praying all 
That's you. Come on, Jesus saw you. He saw me. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. Do you want to know why Satan so hates unity? You want to know why he fights marriages? You know, you don't see Satan until the marriage. He doesn't show up when Adam's just hanging up. He's like, you didn't see him get Satan come right in when he was starting to name the elephant. You don't see the, the, the fight start right there. You don't see the fight when he's going around and he's looking at all the trees. And, well, did you look at that? That's, well, I, I didn't see that yesterday. <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't have the fight and the temptation until what? The union that depicted our union with Christ. Come on. And that is what Jesus is praying. Jesus is praying. He says, as you and I are, are, are sorry, as you are in me, Father, I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Come on, he's speaking of unity. Speaking of unity, unity represents the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost abiding within us. Unity is so, is so powerful, the love of God and the unity of God is so powerful that it actually expresses God's bigness, God's faithfulness in the way we conduct our lives. I like this, uh, and I'm forgetting the person's name. He says, um, preach the gospel, and uh, when, when you need to, use words. Preach the gospel. What's the gospel? It's the good news. What's the good news? I've been ransomed. I was once lost. I was once lost. Man, I, I'm going to go off a little rabbit trail real fast, but I believe it's, it's important. But I'll never forget the day I said yes to Christ. I was 19 years old. Um, when I talk about this day, it's, it's very important to remember our first love. When I think about this day, it wrecks me every time. I wouldn't have my wife. I wouldn't have my kids. I would not be here. I remember that day. I actually, my friend invited me to church. And when I went, I, I, I just learned the guitar. And I actually went to go pick up some girls. <laughs> and so I was singing some songs. And I was like, man, there's some pretty girls around here. And uh, so we were all at the church waiting. And then we went to a different church. And there was about three or four other churches. It was a young adult and youth night. And I was 19 at the time, freshly just saved out of, or, or, or sorry, graduated out of high school. And a friend of mine just got recently saved. Uh, and so he was leading worship that night, or excuse me, he rededicated his, his life and he was helping out with the, the media and worship that night. And um, I just remember that night, I remember literally I felt like the pastor knew everything about my life and he was preaching right at me. I'm like, what in the world is going on? This is crazy. And I remember you were there, Ashley. Uh, Jamie, Pastor Jamie, just preaching. And I'll never forget just such an overwhelming sense of God's love. I just couldn't get away from it. And it changed everything. And I remember going up to the altar and I remember just knowing his purpose. I mean, it was like I got saved and just hearing. At the time, I was, I was uh, in EMT school to be a firefighter. And I just remember him saying, I didn't call you to save from that type of fire. I didn't save you to call from that type of fire. 
And man, it just hit my heart. I couldn't get away from it. I tried to shake it for weeks. And finally, I just, I said, man, I was in class. I stood up at a test. I said, I don't believe I'm called to rescue from this type of fire. And I remember I, my, my instructor was like, excuse me, Mr. Woodham? Sorry, I'm, I got the ugly cry going on when there's like snot coming out. And uh, <laughs> I don't have COVID. <laughs> And I just remember going home and I woke my mom up. I said, mom, I'm going to be a preacher. She goes, Shane Woodham, you told me about two months ago you were going to be a rock star. <laughs> and now you were enrolled in EMT classes. You want to be a firefighter. Which one is it? I said, mom, all I knew is God's called me to preach the good news. And I can't shake it. And she said, I believe that. I believe that. And that is what I'm talking about. Why am I sharing this? Because it's a testimony. God has been so good to me. If you don't know him in that way, I pray you do. If you're here tonight and you're like, I don't know if I've experienced that. And I'm not talking about you're in EMT classes and God said, you've been called to rescue from a different type of fire. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I'm talking about a real encounter with God when he begins to impart his spirit. And guess what? He doesn't just give part of his spirit to you. He gives the fullness of his spirit. Amen? And so that is the type of prayer that Jesus is praying. Jesus says this right here in verse 25. I'm going back to John 17, 25. It says, oh, righteous father, the world doesn't know you. I believe that was a, that was a cry. Oh, righteous father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them. The same love of God that was in Jesus Christ in full operation, that same type of love that spit on a man's eye and he could see, the same kind of love that said to Lazarus, come forth, that same type of love abides on the inside of you, each and every one of us. Now here's the crazy part. We got something amazing. Why are we being hushed about it? Man, I'm telling you, Pastor Sean said something the other morning when I was in prayer and it got me, whew, I was in tears. She said, what if you were the one that other saved people have been praying for to witness to their family and you're just quiet about it? Man, I'm telling you what, that hit me like a ton of bricks and I'm like, forgive me, God. I have been given such an abundant love that has rescued me out of the pit of hell and you're so good and I'm being quiet about it. I'm being hush about this. Forgive me, God. And I'm not trying to condemn. I'm not, I'm telling you, I just had the prompting the other day and I didn't obey. I'm just being transparent, just being real. I was in Walmart and I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I, got a, I got this to do, I got that to do. Come on, this love rescued us while we rejected him. That's the kind of love that God has bestowed upon us. Listen to this right here. I like this. You know what? I want to tell this story real fast. Let me tell this story. I was reading a story about a, a woman named Rachel Saint. Rachel Saint, her brother, was a pilot, and he was called to witness to a uh, very extreme, hostile Indian tribe in Ecuador. And I believe it was the father, and I, but I know it was the son, or the brother. The brother went, and he landed the plane, and his whole objective was to witness the goodness of God and share the love of God. And as he got out of the plane, spears began to hit his body, and he died right there. Well, fast forward, 
a couple of years later, I'm, I'm not sure of the, the time frame, but Rachel has this mandate that, that rises up and God says, you know what, you're going you're gonna to do what your brother couldn't do and you're going to witness the goodness of God. And that's the type of love that begins to empower us. That's the type of grace of God that begins to do what we couldn't do in our own ability. When we begin to look at fear and we're like, man, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. What if they get saved? What if they get healed? What if they get witnessed to? And so this woman, she begins to uh, train and prepare. That's, that's intentional. That's a love that's intentional. She begins to train and prepare and she begins to learn their native tongue. She begins to learn their language and she gets in contact just by coincidence, just by per, per chance, no. She gets hooked up with this one lady in town who knows the language and she says, I want to witness to this, this tribe that you know of. I believe actually she was connected to it now that I'm thinking of it and she... Um, learns it for years and years and years and finally she's finally introduced to the tribe can you imagine the intensity can you imagine that's the kind of fight i'm talking about i'm i'm sure her flesh was like what are you doing this is crazy but the love of god says we're going we're going to do this it's going to be good god's for us he's working and all of a sudden, she gets there, and not only is she welcomed, but people begin to get saved, and she lives with the tribe for over 20 years. And here's what they wrote about her, the tribe. This woman showed the love of God. This woman showed the love of God. That is the kind of love that begins to compel us to not hush. That's the type of love. Listen to 2 Peter 3, 8. It says this right here, 2 Peter 3, 8 says, um, let's go there real fast. Second Peter 3, 8. I got the dial up, I don't have the Wi-Fi. I don't have my iPad or my phone. Going old school. Second Peter 3, 8. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friend. A day is like a thousand years for the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. As some people think, no, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he or but wants everyone to repent. Come on, Pastor Mark's been talking about that, that foundation of repentance. I was going this way, but God, you're calling me to literally go this way, right? I began to explain repentance to one of my kids the other day. And if I said, I stole your book, and then I come to you and I say, I'm sorry, I stole your book, but yet I'm still holding on to it and I don't release it and give it back to you, would that be repentance? He said, no. I said, that's right. I said, so it's not just something I say. It's not just something I'm thinking. It's actually something that there's a behavior turning away. I'm turning away from what was bringing destruction. In that sense, it was bringing a split in a relationship, right? And so what is, what is it right here? It's a repentance. It's a repentance. No, it says he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away. What a terrible noise. And the very elements themselves will disappear. 
in fire and the earth and everything on it will be found and deserve judgment. Verse 11, since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives should you live? Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away the flames. Verse 13, but we are looking forward to a new heaven, a new earth. He has promised in a world filled with God's righteousness. And also, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort be found living peaceful lives and pure, blameless in the sight. And remember our Lord patience, giving people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking of these things in all letters, some of his commands are hard to understand and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted these letters to the meaning of something quite different just as they do with the parts of scripture why am I reading this? God is really patient. God is so patient, so loving, so kind, so merciful. Amen? He is so good. I like this. I was listening to uh, an interview by Tim Tebow the other day, and he was uh, talking about some of the humanitarian things that he was doing over in, in Ukraine, and he began to start expressing the love of God, and he got real intentional. Tim Tebow's a big guy. <laughs> and he just looked right at the camera. He goes, you were made for love, you were made in love, and you were created to love. That's the kind of fight I'm talking about. The fight that begins to lean in. The fight that begins to not run away when things just get hard. The kind of love that actually begins to look and say, I'm gonna love you, I'm gonna forgive you, I'm going to begin to be very intentional about what I say, and I'm going to be very careful in how I present it, that I'm going to make sure that my gentleness will be made known, that it's going to be seasoned with salt, it's going to be given with truth, it might have some weight behind it, but it's going to be covered and expressed, and it's going to be given in love. Amen. I like this right here. David Wilkerson, he said this. If you know David Wilkerson, he was, a, he was a minister and he was ministering to some of the toughest guys out on the street. And uh, he was threatened one day with a knife and so with a switchblade. And uh, he said, yeah, you could do that. You could cut me up in a thousand pieces and lay them on the street and every piece would still love you. Come on. Every single piece would still love you. What is that? That is a love that is so filled his heart was so every fiber, every tissue. What was, he, what, what was he describing? He was describing this kind of love. You come with me with a fight? Come on. That's like, that's like David. You come with me with a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord my God. Come on, there's times where the enemy's gonna wake you up two, three, four, five, six in the morning and begin to start rehearsing past things. And love needs to be expressed. Love needs to get up. Love needs to begin to start declaring God's goodness. Love begins to start declaring that if he was for me then, if he chose you in the foundations of the earth before they were laid, does he still choose you now? If he chose you then, what's changed? What has changed? Nothing. Nothing has changed, <laughs> right? Nothing has changed. I like this uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 20. Can we put that up? real fast. 
You know this, this, uh, this verse, but it, talk, it talks about that we've been actually given. So we are Christ, what? Ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. I like the passage translation puts it this way. We are diplomatic agents of the highest rank sent to represent the king. We are authorized to speak on his behalf. We are the voice of heaven to the earth invested in real power through the name of Jesus and the authority of his blood. Let me say that again. You are a diplomatic agent of the highest rank sent to represent a king. You have been authorized to speak on his behalf. We are his voice of heaven here on earth invested with real power through the name of Jesus, authority of his blood. So again, if you've been given something and someone has authenticated a letter and that letter was sent to give to Jonathan and I said, I now give my rights to Jonathan that if I pass away, everything belongs to him besides my wife. Uh, <laughs> he's already got a wife and kids. <laughs> but everything else, my possessions, my house, my, my, uh, my, my car. I don't know if you want my car, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little rough right now. <laughs> I'm just, uh, my car, my, 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 uh, my weight sets, my, my power rack. Come on, right? Um, I give you those things. We have been given that type of authority. The title deed to everything has been written. And he says, now I give it to you. Would you speak on my behalf? Would you speak on my behalf? So I would say this, if we're not speaking on his behalf, it's actually just as bad as speaking against him. I'm speaking to myself. If we're not saying anything at all in his love, in the witness of the goodness of God, it's just as bad as speaking against him. So think about this. Mr. Scott, could I see that real fast? Thank you. You guys doing okay? Thank you. We're coming to a landing. Please put your hands and feet inside. No. Um, we're coming to a landing. You guys doing good? So it says this right here. Go with me over to Matthew 24, 12. It says, speaking of the last days, Matthew Lord Jesus, bless the baby. Amen. Matthew 12, or Matthew 24, sorry. I get numbers mixed up. You need to pray for me in Jesus' name. Matthew 24, 12. Matthew 24, 12 says this right here. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But one who endures till the end do you see the, 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 the picture that's being painted? A fight. If you, if, when you think about endurance, you think about a fighter. You think about someone who has a fight. But the one who endures till the end will be what? Saved. The New King James Version, and I wanted to highlight this word, it talks about a waxing cold. Why is that important? Well, if you've ever looked, Mr. John, you're just, I guess, the... The guy who, could you, could you just put your finger in there? Is that a little firm? It's very firm, isn't it? Something very interesting about this word waxed over is that it doesn't just happen like that. The waxing over, it happens time after time after time after time 
day after week after month after years upon decades. But if the love of God is not growing cold, there's something that's actually different. And we're going to let that just sit there for a little bit. I should have trimmed my wick, as what Jesus said, the parable, <laughs> so it could light a little bit better. Something really interesting about when something's lit and the, the fire is around the wax, the opposite happens. The opposite happens because it's not going to be hard anymore. And that word wax over, the word that it's, the, that it's actually depicted and described waxing over, it means like a cold blowing winter breeze. A cold winter blowing breeze. Now, Pastor Zane knows this. We removed many, many, many times of plowing and removing snow. And we'll look on the cameras to make sure that there's not snow on the property. And all of a sudden, just like that, bam, there's snow on the property. And it's blowing everywhere. And the, and the, the windows have it. The doors have it. And it just looks like snow just got all over it because it did. I'm quoting my son. He, he, one time he looked at all these Christmas lights and my grandpa said, what do you think about that, Foster? He goes, man, it just looks like Christmas just jumped all over it. <laughs> but that's about what happens is there's a blowing breeze. There's a, there's, a, there's a blowing breeze that begins to what? It begins to uh, get cold. And that blowing breeze happens. You don't just get six inches of snow like that. It happens over time. It could take hours, Right? But the thing is, is it gets cold. It gets cold. And that waxing of the heart is talking about the condition of what can happen when the love of God isn't being permeated, when the love of God isn't being saturated, when the love of God isn't working fully in full operation. And all of a sudden, there's a, there's a digression of the love of God. But when all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost begins to light on, on something, all of a sudden, what used to be hard, it doesn't take much to... to to get it to move. That wax now, you probably can't see it, and I'm not gonna drip wax here because I'm gonna actually be the one to clean it up. <laughs> um, but I'll do it on my paper. Lord Jesus, don't get it on Pastor Mark's pulpit. And all of a sudden, what used to be really hard doesn't take much to get it to move. When the love of God is so saturated within your heart, all it takes is God just says, would you do this? Would you do this for me? And you're like, oh man, would I do it? You're calling me to do that? Absolutely, that's the kind of love. But also when you're so gripped with fear, gripped with bitterness, gripped with disappointment, gripped with shame, you're, you're, the heart slowly begins to wax over and it begins hard. It gets really hard. And one day you ask this question, how did that get like that? When you walk away from a conversation and you're really mad and you say something and you walk away and you're like, why did I say that? What in the world has gotten into me? Well, there's been a, a digression of the love of God. Amen. But I believe that God wants to renew our love walk. I really do. I believe he wants to grow us in this and we're, we're gonna come to a close and we're gonna worship the Lord just for a little bit. So how do we fight this kind of love? Remember this, Revelation 2.4. Revelation 2.4. Let's go there real fast. Revelation 2.4 says this right here. It says, you don't love me or each other. No, 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 I do love you. 
Remember, I cast out those demons. I went to church. I cleaned the church. I scrubbed toilets. I tithed. 15%, God, not 10, not 11, not 12, not 13, 15. And I'm thinking about doing 20. Thinking about it. I haven't got there, but I'm thinking about it. You don't love me and you don't love others. He ties that. He's not saying, you know, I'm about here and I'm, he's, he's like, you hurt them, you hurt me. How do we know that? If you've given a cup of cold water in my name, you've done it unto me. Amen. So how do we fight for this kind of love? We need to fight remembering not to, rem not to forget. I have this right here. I was gonna put up on the screen, but I thought I'm not gonna embarrass my wife. I got two pictures in my Bible that I keep of my wife and me. One's on our honeymoon in North Carolina and one's with me in, with hair, believe it or not. You're like, this, that's a miracle right there. One's, one's another of us receiving our first kitchen appliance, a toaster. Why do I keep this? Because there's times where I don't feel loved by her and she don't feel loved by me. <laughs> she says something, she looks a certain way and all of a sudden, or I might look at her and she's like, do you, does he love me? There's times I have to go back to these pictures and I have to remember, I remember when I said yes to her. Sickness and health, rich or poor. Two kids, four kids. We said we have two kids, now we got four. It just got crazy, so. <laughs> but they're a blessing. <laughs> But the thing is, I have to go back to this and I have to remember if I said yes to this then, I still say yes to it now. And if he said yes to me then, he's still saying yes to me now. Amen? And so that's number one. Number two, we need to remember who you're called to serve. You're called to serve the Lord Jesus, but you're also called to serve one another. Matthew 25, 40. Do we have that? Can we put that up? Matthew 25, 40. And the king said, I will tell you the truth. When you did it to, the, uh, to one of these, to the least of these, my brother and my sister, you were doing it to me. Amen. So we need to remember who we're serving. I'm gonna go kind of fast here because we're coming to a close and I wanna make sure we get on a good time. I know we got kids going to school tomorrow. Number three, remember where your roots come from. And I'm not talking about if you're from the South. Come on, Don, you know that. <laughs> I'm not talking about Southern food. I'm not talking about some... A poor boy, or however you say it. I say it okay? <laughs> I'm not talking about that, those kind of roots. I'm talking about Ephesians 3 says this right here, saying being rooted and grounded in love. Being rooted and grounded in love. You know what's really interesting about roots? They're not seen. But yet they still develop something on the outside that can be fruitful. So what's within us, what's being rooted on the inside of us eventually will be manifested and it will be seen. I'll never forget this. Uh, a pastor, a friend of mine said this. He goes, there are two places that will show it and rear its ugly head if you don't control something and get and give it to God. He says, marriage and ministry. If you try to hold something in ministry or in marriage, it will be like a basketball that you try to submerge in a pool and sure enough, all it takes is someone to get around you Start splishing, splashing, and that ball's popping out and it's hitting someone in the nose. That's a lot like what happens. We try, to, we try to modify behavior, but not deal with the root of it. We try to modify, if I could just temper my tongue and not say it, I'm biting my tongue. No, actually there's something going on a little bit deeper right about right within here. And it's been growing for a while. It's been growing for a while. That self-talk. 
Come on, we need to be rooted and grounded in love. That word root means strengthen. It means to make firm. It means to fix. It means to establish. It means to cause a person to be thoroughly grounded. That word ground means to lay a foundation. How about that? And guess what? That word ground is, is the same Greek word that we see right in Matthew 7, 25 that says a man who builds his house on a rock with a firm foundation. If you're rooted in the love of God, if you're rooted in the love of God, you're not gonna be shaken. You're not gonna be moved by what people are saying. You're not gonna be moved by what your neighbor is saying. You're not gonna be moved by that person who Facebooked you the other day, right? That's number three. Number four, remember your love walk will be tested. Come on, what's, 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 the, what's the point of having a, 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 a 1967 Shelby Mustang without putting some metal to it? <laughs> That's my dream car, by the way. <laughs> what's the point of having a, 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 without having love, without what? To see what the proof and the integrity of that is. That love, if he wrote it for you to walk out, he really believes you can do it. Let me say that again. If he wrote, that you could walk out that agape love, a God type of love, he believes you could walk it out. He believes you can express it. He believes you can live it out. Not just something you say, but something you actually do. Remember your love walk will be tested. First Peter 5, 18 says this right here. First Peter 5, 10, sorry. This love causes us, um, let's go through real fast. Actually, I thought I had my cheat notes where the Bible was actually there, but because of time, we're gonna put it up right there. And the, and the kindness of God called you to share in the eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, come on, that's a fight. That sounds like a fight, doesn't it? After you suffered a little while, he will restore you, support and strengthen you, and he will what? Place you on a firm foundation. Okay, we need to, we need to close here. Number five, remember what this fight is really who is against. This fight is against not flesh and blood. It's against principalities. Ephesians 6, 12, can we put that up real fast and then we're gonna worship the Lord just for a moment. Ephesians 6, 12 says this right here. It says, for we are not wrestling against flesh and blood but against evil rulers, authorities, unseen realm, against mighty powers and dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. You know what? Your fight's not with your spouse. It's not against the person who has been hurting you. Can I say this? Your fight is not against your mom and dad, who maybe you felt abandoned by. Your fight is not against your teacher. For those who maybe are in college, your fight is not against your boss. Your fight is not against your manager. Your fight is not against those things. It's against the enemy. And he is coming to rob you of joy. But that joy can be restored if we'll remember our first love. Tonight, we want to just spend a, a moment before we end. We want to spend a moment just to worship the Lord so we can renew our love walk. If that is you, I want you to stand up. If you're saying, Shane, you know what? Revelation 4, 2 is me. I, I'm not speaking just you. I, sp I, I heard this verse the other, the other night. I was laying in bed and as clear as day, I heard Revelation 4, 2. I said, oh, I think I know where that is. I think I know where you're going.
He wants to renew some stuff. If that's you, I want you to stand up and we're just gonna begin to worship the Lord with a song and we're gonna ask the Lord to renew our love walk so we can express the fullness of this agape type of love that can't be expressed naturally, can't be expressed by ourselves. It takes the grace of God, amen? So we're just gonna worship the Lord here. He loves us, oh how he loves us, oh how he loves us, oh how he loves, yeah he loves us. By the grace in his eyes, if grace is an ocean, we're all seeking. So heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss, and my heart turns finally inside of my chest. And I don't have the time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way.
Father's love in our hearts. Oh, the Father's love that we may know how great the Father's love. Oh, that we might know how deep and how wide is your love. tonight and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, let me just tell you, he's real. This building was not created for us just to gather a couple of times a week for us just to say we've done something, get a check mark. He really does incredibly. He's infatuated with you. In fact, that love is so big. It's so great. If you don't know that kind of love that we begin to express tonight, that Jesus literally laid upon the whipping post on the cross. He began to look, not just what was presently going on, but he looked into heaven knowing that the gain of us was being accomplished right there. If you don't know that, and you haven't made Jesus the Lord and Savior and master of your life, and you haven't turned away. And what I mean by turning, I'm talking about I no longer own my life. Shane, that sounds like a commitment. Absolutely. It's the biggest commitment you'll make. It costs you everything. If I were to tell you that it's just going to be easy and everything will just get better, actually, it doesn't, it's, it's not just that. It's that he promises to be in you. To be in you. At all times, at all moments. Two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning, no matter what time. I'm talking about that kind of love that begins to be demonstrated. If you don't know the love of God like that and you've never given your life, maybe you're online and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and you begin to accept that eternal gift because that's what it was. A gift can't be, you can't buy a gift. A gift by definition is I bought it for you, now you get to enjoy it. That's a gift. And if you've never experienced the gift of Jesus Christ, Tonight's the night. Your life is changing tonight. Is there anyone in this room? Anyone at all who says, Shane, that's me. I want to acknowledge, man, I've been doing this thing called life in my own. And I want to give my heart, my life. I want to replace my desire for his desire. I want to replace my dreams for his dreams. Anyone? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. If that's you, you can go on our app. You can message us. There's many different ways that you can message us. You can go and share my story and you can begin to express that to us. We want to personally give you something that will begin to help you and equip you. No car is good with an empty gas tank. 
So we wanna equip you to be able to go on the journey. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I hope you got something out of that tonight. I pray that as you do, your, your love walk's not renewed just tonight. It's tomorrow. It's next month. It's next year. Decades from now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Will you pray over these real fast? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Mr. Buck, you want to come down here and you want to help me pray over these? Anyone else feel led? Well, I better be careful with that. <laughs> Pastor Jonathan. Amen. Father, we thank you for Ronnie. We thank you for Keith right now. We thank you for healing, working on the inside of the cloth that when it's laid upon their body, we thank you that the anointing begins to escape these cloths. I thank you. It's just a place of touching agreement point that where two or three are gathered, touching and agreeing upon anything. Lord, we believe, we know that you are working upon Ron, Ronnie's body, upon Keith's body. And what the enemy meant for harm, we thank you. We declare wholeness. We declare mending in parts of that body. We declare right now freedom. We declare the kingdom of God right now. We come against fever. We come against that part of the face that's been hit. We come against those areas, Lord, that's been affected by this. Your word says in Isaiah that we've been called to restore the pair of the, uh, of the ruin. That which has been ruined, that which has been destroyed, now restored in Jesus' name. We thank you right now. We speak the word. We thank you it's released. We thank you that the anointing begins. It begins to have an effect on their body. It quickens their mortal body in the name of Jesus. We thank you for a good report. We praise you. We glorify you. Come on, just thank them. We thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're the great I am. You're the bread of life. You're the Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're the one who is and is and is to come. You're the Lion of Judah. You're the great I am. You're the one who hung on the cross where I should have been on the cross. We thank you. Lord Jesus for all that you've done for us. Help us not be hush about this love. We thank you for it. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus name and everyone said amen and amen. Let's say this as we go say what God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You guys may